When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Melbourne Jamanay chasing Jamanay! That should do it. That should seal it. Uh, some good and some bad there. A little bit of a black caps uh, highlight uh, followed by a low light from uh, the All Blacks point of view. Scott Stevenson is with us this morning. Scotty, thank you very much for joining us. Well, I don't know how you sum up a weekend of sport like that in the short uh, space of time that we've got to talk about it, but I guess we start with the All Blacks, do we? And um, did we kick enough, do you reckon? Did we kick enough? Uh, we kicked enough. We kicked badly, though, uh, Smithy. I, I, I would posit to you, uh, Ian, and you've stood on the sideline at so many All Blacks tests. This side does not look like it is the innovator of this World Cup. It looks like a reactive team. It's reacting to what opposition teams throw at it. And where that used to be a strong suit for New Zealand, counter-attack, click-play attack, transition offence, it now looks muddled. There's no clarity of thought in that side at the moment. I don't know how they win that back, Smithy. I don't know who's in control half the time. Um, and that's in stark contrast to some of the performances from some of the teams throughout this tournament over that opening weekend. But uh, this looks like a, a befuddled side right now. France kicked. They just kicked more accurately. You can play a kick-and-stick game. You can play test rugby without the ball, but you can't do it when you're pinned in your own half, as the All Blacks were largely in that last 40 minutes. If you do kick and you chase, you've got to chase very carefully. We learnt that lesson too. Yeah, we did. Uh, and other teams learned that lesson too over the weekend. But, you know, I just find that we talk about percentage plays. I sometimes think that high kick chase game is a low percentage play these days. There's very much organised defences under that, blockers in place. And you've got to get it exactly right. Otherwise, you could be the one coming down with a card against your name. So uh, I just don't think that's the way for New Zealand to play the game. They've got to trust themselves in other areas. And it's not just hoist the ball and hope for the best. The fact that we uh, lost Sam Kane was unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, you can't budget on those sorts of things. But the fact that we've flown Blackadder over, um, now Ethan Blackadder over, does it mean we got it slightly wrong in the first place? Well, not slightly. I mean, we got it absolutely wrong. Uh, otherwise, they'd have another winger in place there right now. Uh, we looked at that first-team selection and thought, why on earth would New Zealand do this? I think they were about the only side that did uh, in terms of the, the split between forwards and backs in that tournament. They knew that this was going to be a nutritional World Cup. You know that having loose forwards at your disposal and a variety of loose forwards to fit the workload required is going to be crucial. Um, Sam Kane's loss. I, I, you know, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool card-carrying member of the Sam Kane fan club. I know that some of your listeners will argue with me on that point, but he just becomes such an important cog in that all-black side because it allows players like Artie Savia and others to do different things in the game, things that Sam Kane can't. And uh, I thought they missed him and missed him immensely in that opening match against France because I don't think Dalton Papali stood up to the task. I don't think Artie Savia stood up when he needed to. I just don't think they had the cattle in place to do the job required and the job that Sam Kane does so efficiently week in, week out.
Sometimes I scratch my head, and I mean, yes, we have. Both of us have watched a lot of rugby from the sideline, you from the commentary box. Sometimes uh, I have uh, scratched my head on the basis of substitutions, bench introduction, mm-hmm. etc., like that. We got hammered when we started to muck around with what we had on the park there. And normally we owned the last 23 minutes off the be- uh, 20 minutes off the bench. We don't now. No, I think you're quite right, Smithy, and, and I think there's just confusion about that bench makeup, mate, because uh, I saw the bench makeup, I thought to myself, so you've got David Harvilly, who you don't trust on the field because he's coming back from injury, but he's there on the bench, you've got no first five cover, genuine first five cover on the bench, so no room for Damien McKenzie. Uh, Cam Roygaard probably earned his place in the side based on that performance at Twickenham. Look, if you're going to take players, you've got to go with the theory that if you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, and Cam Roygaard showed, I think, in his performance off the bench at Twickenham that he is a guy who deserved that spot. Um, we've, we've got to get an understanding around what our finishers are supposed to be doing in the game. In 2015, we had the best bench strategy in the world. We made our substitutions far more effectively uh, and with far more talent and study than other teams did. Uh, they've caught us now, and uh, those impact players that we used to rely on so crucially and so heavily are just not there at the moment in the squad. So that's a, that's a big thing to work on for the All Black side. Commentators mentioned uh, the heat factor. Yeah, they had drinks breaks, uh, which is not all that common in uh, World Cups, but they did, and that's fair enough. Uh, but they all me- also mentioned the big French forwards were down and out at times, down and out. I mean, uh, mm. is that not just tailor-made for a stepper like Damien McKenzie? But it's tailor-made for someone to actually understand that in the game, Smithy, and that's what I mean about being reactive. They're reacting to tactics, but they're not reacting to momentum shifts. And we all saw with our own two eyes the fact that there were lots of hands on hips. Those French forwards were bent over at times, as you mentioned. And those are the moments in the game where you've got to get around and you've got to say, hey, now's our chance. We've got to do something different here. And one of the criticisms of this All Black side over the last three years is there doesn't seem to be a plan B. There's no gear shift with this team. The French shifted gears mightily after halftime. Uh, and the All Blacks couldn't go with them. And uh, that is the bigger concern for me. You can put tactics, strategies, game plans all in one place, but if you can't shift gear in a test match, uh, you're going to find yourself on the wrong end of the scoreline more often than not. OK, let's uh, quickly uh, run through some of the other results. Uh, Italy Namibia, we'll strike them later. I think we've got them covered, or hopefully we have. Ireland, Ireland blasted uh, Romania off the park. Australia 35, uh, 35-15 over Georgia. What would you make of that? Unconvincing, uh, although Eddie Jones was at his petulant, defiant, play the man, not the ball best after that game, as uh, always. <laughs> I'm just writing about that now against my better judgment. Um, I thought Australia were OK, but they're certainly nothing to sizzle, are they? Um, and Georgia probably blew a couple of chances in that second half to make that a very different scoreline. Uh, it wasn't the most entertaining game of the round. Uh, that goes to Fiji Wales this morning, Smithy, and Daylight was second. That was such a cracking test match today, but unfortunately, same old story for the Island Nations. Uh, the false dawn in Twickenham, unfortunately, it's a bit of a sunset here and a shutout by Wales, although Radradra would love to have that moment again when dropping that ball with a try line beckoning. Yeah, I got a sneaking suspicion it was he that perhaps may have uh, dropped the kick in the corner when they scored the other try as well. But however, um, yeah, I feel very, very sorry for him. And the emotion and the singing at the end of it, it was just, it, it really did to me signify the World Cup is alive when you see that kind of thing. Uh, England, 2710 yeah. after what has been described as a ridiculous sending off. <laughs> Well, I mean, the yellow card, I, I guess, justified. I mean, the on-field referee has no say on the upgrading of that. Marius Jonker was up in the box. Um, look, I, I don't think Tom Curry is going to have any further sanction because 
Uh, to me, like, there was nothing he could do in that situation. I'm all for the protection of players' heads in the game, but that was one of those moments where they just haven't refined it enough to be accurate. Uh, but look, the, the performance of England, I was happy, you know, happy to be commentating that game for SNZ with Anne Straw on yesterday morning. That is Titanic. And, and Courtney Laws, the captain, uh, was a, a man possessed. They were galvanised. They simplified the game plan. And the fact that Owen Farrell wasn't in the side due to suspension and George Ford got the selection, I, look, I think that was a blessing in disguise. George Ford did something in that game for England that I don't think Owen Farrell would have been able to do. And those three drop goals, the first and second in particular, were extraordinary plays uh, from the first five at the top of his game. The Ford stood up, Courtney Law was led from the front, and that was a performance of grit, heart and determination from England that says to me uh, they should not be discounted in this tournament. Oh, I, just, I, I agree with you. Uh, a, a needs must performance, and okay, uh, people will say that's the way they play anyway. But the accuracy with what they mm. did, what uh, George Ford was able to produce, uh, and uh, you know, if we're talking seventy-eight minutes here. We, you, you win a game seventy-eight yep. minutes out against a physical side. Yeah, uh, look, it's it's frankly unbelievable that they were able to hold on, and what that will do for the side, what it's done for their fan base already, I imagine, and we know that the furious fluctuation of fandom in Britain and especially in their press corps, uh, they, they should be lauded for what was an outstanding performance. Argentina were well favoured to win that game uh, and they were nowhere. They were absolutely lost when they were a man up. It was uh, it was staggering to watch, actually, and uh, by far and away the, the most gritty performance of this tournament to date. And just finally, we, we have to look at them because we might strike them, uh, South Africa. Yeah, look, they did what they had to do. I don't think it was a hugely accurate performance from the South Africans. They just did a little bit more than the Scots did. They destroyed their scrum. Uh, Their second half was better. They had a few lovely touches. Uh, More weirdness from Rossi Erasmus and his coaching group with the big yellow orb to signal whether they should take penalty shots or take a (laughs) tap or kick for the quarter. I mean, it was just more South African bizarre. Um, But look, they're a physical side. Uh, It's like going to a Bruce Springsteen concert with South Africa's Smitty, you know, and he plays Born born in the USA from song one to song 12. They'll do that all tournament long. (laughs) And that's what they give you. And that's what the fans in South Africa want. And so no disappointment therein. I know a couple of blokes who would enjoy that concert. Um, now here, <laughs> yeah. uh, Scotty. <laughs> I can, well, I would. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, well, let's just, uh, you're an all-rounder. You, you cover all sport, you watch all sport, uh, and your vocation, of course, is... What's the best story, Erin Routliff? Erin Routliff's an amazing story, uh, simply amazing. I think she had a world uh, world rank at 29 heading into that event, Smithy, and her, her best finish in the Grand Slam was a quarter-final, I think, Wimbledon last year. Um, simply staggering. First since Michael Venus to do it in a Grand Slam for New Zealand. Uh, that's an outstanding performance. I also think, you know, the rowers, seven boats qualified for Paris through these World Championships. Tom McIntosh, a bronze medal in the men's single skulls. Um, but I, I think one of the most outstanding performances is Emma Twig um, coming back, winning a seventh World Championship medal, a silver this time, not a gold. Uh, but that woman just keeps on going. And uh, what a staggering athlete she is to be back at her peak powers, you know, a mother now uh, with her partner, Shah, um, and, and to be back in that boat doing what she does so well, uh, that that's, brings me great joy. There were some disappointments over the weekend, as I'm sure the text line will cover today for you, Smithy, but uh, we also had some, some shining moments too as a nation we should be proud of. I think we should, uh, Scotty, and beautifully summed up as well in a short space of time. I appreciate it, man. Very professional, and uh, thanks for your time this morning. Have a terrific week, eh? Lovely. Yeah, you too, Smithy. Yes, Cheers, uh, Bye. Yeah.
Yeah, Scott Stevenson here with us, folks. Uh, Scotty, um, absolutely professional. We had a very small window and we covered a lot of bases there. Uh, he knows the game and uh, he's like uh, every everyone. All of us, in fact, at the moment, uh, just puzzled. Puzzled by what we saw. Like, uh, I'll put my hand up and say, like, I, I, I've uh, been <coughs> against the knocking. I wouldn't say I've been absolutely pro and foster, but I've been against the knocking of him. And I, I think he deserves a chance and... The problem is, and I agree with Scotty wholeheartedly. Uh, didn't see any plan there. I mean, we didn't, we didn't see any structure. We didn't see um, any sort of innovation. There was, it was frustrating. I mean, I watched it with a whole group of people, male and female, and by the end of it, everyone was screaming, "Don't kick it! Don't kick it, Bodie! Don't kick it!" He kicked it. 